Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and from the Son, who was born unto you this day in the city of David, your Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Amen. Every year at Christmas, we hear, of course, the account of the birth of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I think my favorite people in the whole thing, besides Jesus, of course, are the shepherds. And it's because every time I hear that account from Luke chapter 2, I can't help but put myself in their shoes and wonder, what would that night have been like? Have you ever thought about that? You're an otherwise ordinary shepherd, keeping your sheep. It's a dark night out there in the countryside with only the, the moon or the stars giving light. It's a quiet, dare I say, silent night. Only sounds are maybe a breeze or uh, maybe some sheep rustling around. But then all of a sudden, an angel breaks onto the scene, a heavenly messenger who, contrary to public opinion and, and works of art, was not a gentle creature. Angels were messengers, yes, but they're also workers and soldiers for God. An intimidating creature blasting the shepherds with glorious light from heaven. No wonder the shepherds were filled not only with fear, but with great fear, as Luke tells us. And as Pastor Don wrote in one of his devotions this past week, the angel would have shocked the shepherds to their socks. But what does the angel say to them? Fear not. Which was surprising because for a mortal human being to encounter an angel, there's nothing more natural than to be afraid, more afraid than you have ever been in your entire life. However, this angel came not to bring the shepherds fear, but rather good news. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And what was that good news of great joy? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The birth of Jesus was the good news. That this messenger from God was bringing to the shepherds that first Christmas night. Let me ask you something that may sound strange. Have you ever stopped to ask why? Why was the birth of Jesus such good news? Why was it good news for the shepherds? And why is it good news for us? This may seem like a silly question, why? Especially on a night like this, on Christmas Eve, when we are celebrating such good news with everything we're doing. But, but it is important to understand and to answer that question. We need to ask why the birth of Jesus is good news, because what it gets at is something absolutely fundamental. It gets at why Jesus came to earth in the first place. It gets at what the Christian faith is all about. I'm going to step out of the, the Christian narrative for, for, or the Christmas account for just a little bit, but I promise we will come back to it. If you were to ask most people in America, many of whom are not Christian, but many of whom are, if you were to ask them, what, what is Christianity all about? Undoubtedly, you'll get a, a wide range of, of answers. But different studies have been conducted and, and have generalized those answers that you get, and they show what the majority of Americans, the majority of our neighbors, maybe even the majority of our family and friends, think Christians believe. 
And the story goes something like this. That God created this world, that he created me, and that we have our lives here on earth with all the the things that happen here. And my job in life is to do more good things than than bad. And, And when this world ends, God will judge us. And my destination, if I've done this well enough, is to end up in a place called heaven, leaving earth behind. And for those who don't do well enough, well, there's this other place called hell. So my journey in life will be to try and reach heaven, and, and this is what most people assume Christianity is all about. Many Christians think this is what Christianity is all about. And if it is, then we need to ask the question, why did Jesus come? And I suppose in this version of Christianity, Jesus came to tell us more about this divine merit system, about doing more good in life than bad. And that's why so many people nowadays are willing to believe in Jesus as a good teacher. Not so much God, but a good teacher. Because most people assume that Jesus came to earth to show us the best way that we are to think and act and live and how to be, generally speaking, a better person. He came so that at the end of my life and at the end of this world, I make it to heaven and I'll do that by being a good enough person. So this is what most people believe about Christianity. But I want you to notice a few things about this version of the Christian faith. First of all, it's very me-centered. I am the star of the show. I am the one who decides how well I do here on earth. I am the one whom God has told to act in a certain way. I am the one who ends up in one of two possible destinations, either heaven or hell. It's all centered on me. Secondly, in this version of Christianity, you'll notice that earth is the starting point of our journey, and hopefully heaven is the ending point, but otherwise earth and heaven don't really have all that much to do with each other. And thirdly, you'll notice that Jesus is kind of a person on the sidelines of it all. Yes, he came at Christmas, and yes, he journeyed through life on earth, and and yes, he will judge me at the end, but again, a person's life kind of revolves around them, and so Jesus is somewhere on the side. Obviously, there are problems with this telling of Christianity. And the first problem, if I'm to be completely honest, is the Bible. And the second problem is Jesus, because neither Jesus nor his word actually say that this is what our faith is all about. Now, it has many of the right parts, many of the right components, but it doesn't end up describing what is actually true. So let me share with you that truth. The truth is God did create this world, and God did create us, but that's not all he created. Genesis tells us at the very beginning of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Heaven, the place where God dwells, and earth, the place where we dwell. And amazingly, at the beginning, what we see are those two things overlapped in the Garden of Eden. Humans were dwelling with their Creator. But sin disrupted all of that. So heaven, God's awesome and gracious reign and rule, was now separated from where we are, which is earth, all because of our sin. But God was not content to allow things to remain this way. 
God's mission from the moment we fell into sin and all throughout the Old Testament was to detail the ways in which he was going to restore us and all creation. God was going to literally move both heaven and earth in order to make us one again. Now, this would require dealing with the problem of sin, our sin, because a holy and just God can't simply ignore evil and sin. But there was nothing that we could do. We are the ones who needed saving. And God was the only one who could save us. So in his perfect plan and in his perfect timing, after generations of pointing forward by way of promises given, God fulfilled all of those promises when he chose to become one of us. God was leading the charge of the inbreaking of heaven back to earth. He was bringing to us his dwelling place, his gracious reign and rule to us. And all this would take place through his son, Jesus Christ, the one who would deal with sin. You see, in the true narrative of our lives and of this world, Jesus is the one who is at the center of the journey, not me. And while heaven and earth are both part of my journey, it's not like I'm trying to leave earth in order to get to heaven. No, it's Jesus who is bringing heaven back to us. After all, what's the last image that we see in the Bible, in the book of Revelation? It's heaven descending to earth. It's Jesus coming again and redeeming and restoring not only his people, but all of creation. It's those who are in heaven now with Jesus and those who are still living on earth at the time that Jesus returns, all coming together with God so that God and mankind can once together, once again dwell together in all eternity. The Bible calls it the new heavens and the new earth. And that is the journey that this world and that we are on. So in this one true Christian faith, we ask, why then did Jesus come to earth? Well, it wasn't to tell us to shape up and, and be better people. And, and it wasn't just to be a, a good moral example for us to follow. No, Jesus came to do what we could not do. He came to fulfill the law that we could not perfectly keep. He came to live the perfect life. He came to die on the cross in our place, in full payment for all of our sin. He came to rise again to new life and to give us life. And he came to save sinners like us. Precisely because we could not save ourselves. When Jesus came to this earth. It was God himself bringing the gracious reign and rule of heaven back to us. This is what we see Jesus doing all throughout his ministry. All those moments of, of teaching and healing and guiding and pointing people to himself as their savior. This was Jesus giving little windows, little glimpses of what life is like in his reign and rule. Jesus wanted to share with us what life was like in the Garden of Eden before sin and what life will be like again when he returns on the last day. It will be life without sin, without pain, without disease, and without death. Earth and heaven will be one again, and we will dwell with him there.
Can people resist it? Yes, they can. God does all the work bringing his mercy and grace to us in Jesus, but he allows his mercy and grace to to be rejected, and so there will be those at the end who are not with him. But to us who have received this gift of the Son, who confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, who trust in Jesus as our Savior to forgive all of our sins, we have nothing to fear. Fear not. For this good news of great joy has been given unto us, that Jesus has come to be our Savior and to reunite us with him forever. I promised earlier I'd come back to the Christmas account, and and so here it is. I'd like us to think about those shepherds just one more time. You see, I love imagining what that moment was like for them when when after that first angel announced the good news of great joy. And and Luke tells us that a multitude of the heavenly host shows up praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, it doesn't say the Bible doesn't say how many angels were there that evening, but It's significant that it doesn't say, well, a fairly good representation of the heavenly host were there. No, no, it says a multitude of the heavenly host. It was rank upon rank of angels, number upon number of the whole heavenly host. And what the shepherds were witnessing, in effect, was God beginning to break down that barrier between heaven and earth. The night sky was literally being ripped open and heaven itself was just pouring out on those unsuspecting shepherds. And why? Why was this happening? Because God had just done something unprecedented in human history. God had entered our world in a way that would change forever our future. God was born as a human child and laid in a manger God was bringing heaven to earth. And from the moment his parents tore those swaddling cloths to wrap around Jesus, to the moment that that cloth curtain in the temple tore in two when Jesus died on the cross, his mission on this earth was to reconcile us to the Father by forgiving all of our sins and reuniting heaven and earth. Jesus, our Savior, has completed his divine rescue mission so that we will never know what it's like to be separated from him again. And so just like the shepherds, this good news of great joy, this inbreaking of heaven, which began at Jesus' birth, has begun for us as well. Jesus has come to each and every one of you, first in your baptism, And then repeatedly in word and sacrament and again this evening as the good news of great joy once again comes into your ears. Jesus' heavenly reign has broken into your life. He has brought heaven and earth together to forgive all of your sins. To give you new life of both body and soul. And to one day restore you and all creation in the new heavens and the new earth. And what did the shepherds do when they experienced this inbreaking of heaven and when they received Jesus as their Savior? 
Well, Luke tells us the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. They couldn't help, you see, but exude by word and deed the good news of great joy that had been given to them from God. So as you leave here tonight, having once again received your Savior, and having experienced the inbreaking of heaven in Jesus, may you return to your homes, your schools, your places of work, into your lives, glorifying and praising God for all that you have heard and seen this night. May those around you, those who may not yet know the good news that has been given by God, may they witness that inbreaking of heaven in your life. And may they witness the joy that you have in Jesus, so that they too may receive him. Merry Christmas. In Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.